All right, everybody. We're here with uh, Shogun and Mooney, and we are launching our YouTube channel. Stuff in the name. Yes. I'm Mooney. I don't show up. There you go. Just drinking. <laughs> we started this podcast, and we just hit our double-digit number. So basically, that's our like is our best of sort of because there's so much stuff we could have you know added onto it, and a lot of stuff uh, that I wanted to, but they took it off. Like we had a bunch of uh, different clips, and I had I had to use a lot of uh, clips from movies and like shows and stuff, and they just didn't. It was just it didn't work. It didn't work. But uh, I'm gonna work around that, and then we're gonna keep doing a bunch of best ofs going forward. But the previous episode is gonna be going live while we record this week's episode. So that's what we're doing right now. So Shug, yeah, on. yeah. So what's going on? Oh, yeah. Oh, not much, man. So we we got a lot of good stuff um, planned out for today's episode. But before we start, just like Mike said, we're live on YouTube. Um, and guess what? We've got merch. Got the Shug Me the Mooney beer cup, Shug Me the Mooney shot glass, and soon you'll be seeing Mike sipping. From the Shug Me the Mooney mug. Moving up in the world. Yeah. And then we got, some, world, we got some T-shirts. Well, you, were just doing, you were just stepping from the beer last night, right? You weren't doing the shots, right? You were just doing the beer. Oh, I did night, a right? shot. I did a shot to us. I did a shot oh, for us, you? and I did a shot for our listeners. Because, you know, this thing's going to keep growing and getting better. And, you know, shout out to the people that support us that are listening. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, like. Um, there's a lot of things going on that we, you know, aren't going to talk about, but we are going to talk about a few things. And, uh, I just want to talk about how's your week going? Like, how's the week going for you guys? Just in general. Oh, my fault, my fault. I'm waiting for Shug to talk. He looked like he was, no, I was getting I was ready to you, spit. No, I was like, <laughs> you go. I, I just said Joel. No, I don't know. My week, you know, still unemployed, still staying home, not doing much. Relaxing, like we like we anticipate in the weekend, so I can just you know do the podcast with you guys. Yeah, I mean, it's Saturday. I didn't even realize. Uh, for me, um, you know, just been watching baseball again. That's, that's that's a nice um, a nice difference from the last like two to three months, and the fact that like the Yankees are like five and one for like the first time since two thousand three in this shortened season where every game. Is important, so I'm glad they're playing that way. But who knows how long it'll last because um, coronavirus, I think, like, the Marlins uh, had, like, an outbreak. They just had to cancel um, the Brewers and the Cardinals games. So who knows? I think, like, baseball is going to be day by day. It's going to be a a trek to the end. And I actually um, tweeted out, like, a GIF from that movie, uh, 1917, uh, Mike, that we saw, and remember when he had to yeah. walk through the battlefield? I was like, "That's baseball. That's MLB trying to make it to October." Because you know these these um things keep popping up, and you know people are saying some like, state aren't some states still worse than others? That's the thing. Florida is just a it is just bad. Florida is just bad. They don't learn their lesson out there. Mm-hmm. That's why the I think like I think it's like it's sections of the state. I think it's like kind of like New York where it's like, you know, like not all New York is like 
what people consider New York. Yeah. Um, but 1917. 1917, and then I went to another show, like, in February. That was the last time I went to a public outing. Can't mm-hmm. believe it's been like half a year. Um, yeah, I was just trying to gather myself, so I was trying to push it off to you, Shug. Um, NHL is going on now. Yeah, I got the um, I got the Rangers game going on in front of me as I'm talking to you guys. Yeah, me too. And I'm just laughing. I'm laughing because um, I was watching something last night. It's someone who I like kind of know, and they were like, "Oh, now I might watch NHL because like they weren't they they just stood during like the anthems and stuff. I'm like, you mm-hmm. cannot get on your knees with a goddamn pads on your knees. What are you talking about? Like." Like they're trying to politicize everything. Oh yeah, I did. I did see something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like you can't get on your knees when you're wearing a goddamn major thing. But anyway, but anyway, I'm excited for that. Um, You know, I'm excited for just everything. Uh, Let's see if MLB keeps going. Um, I've been more into MLB in the last couple days. Uh, Just like the now because there's like no fans or anything. I'm just like looking at. like the pitching, and I'm like, what pitch choices and everything? It's like more like playing when I when I used to play the MVP uh, video game, and uh, it seems just more like I know it's, you know it's still obviously you know real and everything, but it reminds me of back when I was playing MVP and uh, the uh, pitch selection, which is a little different than just like me like wanting to see if someone hits the ball or not, which is you know. I think it's uh, it's change without just focusing on what's going on. Yeah. So just to get into um today's show, uh, just to get things started. So we got a couple um topics today. Uh, first one is you know people. A lot of times, like you, you know, like people just love someone or something, but you personally can't stand them. So we're going to talk about people who are universally loved, but we hate. Uh, that's going to be the first topic. And then we're going to get into, um, you know, with sports, uh, the New York bias, you know, back in the day uh, before, you know, they had like, you know, the, the league pass and, and um, you know, ways for you to watch uh, West Coast games and stuff like that. They used to have something called the the West Coast bias, which was basically that the media and and the general population would tend to uh, favor teams on the East Coast because you know they had a lot more exposure because their games were were on um, in prime time on the East Coast and then be on at like five o'clock on the West Coast. So. You know, there, there, there was an East Coast bias, but now today, what I'm noticing, and I'm going to try my best not to come off as a homer during the, the, when we talk about it, is a New York bias, a bias towards um, New York teams, teams that we like, that, that I tend to notice that don't, that, that doesn't, um, that doesn't carry over with other teams. Or I don't see it with other teams or other players that play outside of New York. And lastly, uh, John Leguizamo tweeted out um, <clears throat> his uh, displeasure that there weren't 
uh, a large uh, Latin representation in the Emmy nominations, but he did it in a way that he he kind of associated it with um you know blacks being or how he tried to frame it was you know uh blacks are getting exposed a lot more and getting represented in media a lot more but the same thing isn't happening with latinos so you know we, it, it, it kind of goes hand in hand with what me and joel talked about in the first episode as far as colorism and uh and being afro latino and and um basically the schism between the black and the Hispanic community and like minorities in general. So we're going to get into that um, later on in the episode, but we're going to start off with the, um, the first topic. Yeah. So the other day, Joel texted me and he said, who's like, just out of blue. He just started off with who's somebody that like is universally loved, but you hate. And I had to, like, think about it. Well, I didn't really have to think about it uh, for too long because anybody who knows me knows I'm not a fan of LeBron James. So, you know, that's somebody who's genuinely liked in casual, um, you know, to, to casual basketball fans and just people who, who aren't really into the NBA, you know, they tend to, to, to like him regardless. But I've actually not liked him since he was a senior in high school. So I, I brought the question to, to Mike and he asked somebody that is universally loved, but uh, he doesn't like. And Joel, I want to start off with you because the person you responded with uh, kind of surprised me because it really was like contrarian. Right. So my person is Jamie Foxx. And reason why like, I feel like he's just really I overrated him, honestly, like from all right, he's one of I right, let me start with love. First of all, it's easier to start with love. Granted, mm-hmm. he's been in a lot of, you know, very well liked movies, TV shows, obviously, living single or living color, I mean, talking about. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and Again, like, I just feel like he's overrated. In Love and Color, the whole cast was actually great. Some legends in that cast. Couple movies he's been in as well. Like, off the top of my head, you know, he won the Oscar for Ray. And he was just like the whole character. He played it well, granted. But everyone adores Ray Charles and his music, his song. That's why I watched it. I didn't watch it for Jamie Foxx acting. I watched it because I like Ray Charles and his music. I feel like anybody could play to Ray Charles and it would have hit the same for me, honestly. Uh, Dream Girls, another movie that I like. Again, surrounded by a fantastic cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the other movie? Collateral. He was good in that film as well, but Tom Cruise was fantastic in that as well. What about Django? Django's another one, surrounded by a fantastic cast. Uh, Leo, who was the star mm-hmm. of the movie to me. That was Leo's best, in my opinion, you know, his best role. And again, he was just around a lot of people who carried the film. It wasn't really Jamie Foxx himself. 
really carrying the film or anything he's been on really. His music again, and I'm just going in. I'm I could keep going in. His music is another one. He used like whatever it is, what it is with his music. He had a lot of good producers behind him, good features, what have you. And I also compare I compare him a little bit to to uh, Will Smith as well because Will Smith he has similar careers in music, TV shows, and movies. But Will Smith carried himself way, way better. He's a way better actor than me than Jamie Foxx is. His movies. Granted, he was you know in a lot of movies too that he was backed up in you know Men in Black. Just name just to name that one because he's in a lot of movies. I don't want to keep this. Isn't about Will Smith. It's about Jamie Fox. Yeah. All I'm saying is, you know, let the let the hate flow. Yeah. Like all I know is, Jamie Fox is just to me overrated again. Uh, I could keep going down the list. I'm trying to find like you know the list of movies right now that he's been in that I could say, oh, everyone loves this movie, but it's just like again, he was always surrounded by. A better cast. That's hmm. all I'm trying to say. I am here. I'm here to say that the new sh- name of the show is called "Show Me the Joel," because I was going to say similar things about similar characters that you brought up, and I thought I would bring up, you know, somebody else because I never was a big Jimmy Fox guy, never was a big Will Smith guy either. But I like Jimmy Fox in the '90s. I like I liked him in Living Color. I liked him in uh, Great White Hype. Uh, but that was interesting. Interesting to hear you say uh, Jimmy Fox because um, he, whenever you do a you portray someone and they get like that worthy, you know, you get that notoriety for playing Ray Charles, someone like that. Um, you get on the uh, the next level. And I remember the Tom Cruise movie was when the first time I was like, all right, so now he's on this level now. But oh, uh, I never... Yeah, like I said, it's just... Like, I was never into He's him. been surrounded by, like, just better actors, honestly. Like, every uh, movie I've seen him in, the actors, uh, supporting role, supporting cast, whatever, they was always just better than Jamie Foxx. I've never yeah. seen any movie for Jamie Foxx. Oh, Jamie Foxx is starring in this. Let me go check it out. <laughs> I never was that guy. Oh, it's not like Jamie Foxx. I see him in his, you know, a poster. It's like, oh, I, I'll be like, I'm fine. I don't gotta see this movie right now. So to you, so to you, um, Jamie Foxx is Otis. Nobody come see you, Otis. <laughs> nah, people go to see Jamie Foxx. This is me. Like, <laughs> he's not. I wouldn't go that far. That's the whole point of this. That's the whole point. And you made you made your point. Yeah, like, like it is what it is with Jamie Foxx. Like I said, Ray, like that's his, he won the Oscar with you. But I would have seen the movie if anyone else played Ray. I was listening to the music. I wasn't, I didn't care about Jamie Foxx, you know, acting like Ray. Right. And that's like, uh, it is what it is. What you do. All right, so Mike, you you want to tell us who who it is that you hate but everybody loves? I'm gonna do. A, I'm just gonna flip it on everyone right now, because this has been on my mind for like ten years. Okay, okay so 
it almost came up in our podcast last night. I thought they were serious about it. They're like, oh no, he just got he just got called out. They're, they're making a joke about him. And I went like I lifted I was like this. I literally got off my off my seat because I thought it was another thing that we missed out on because we do this shit like once a week. So no, they were joking around. They love him. And you would think I love him too, because I one of my favorite movies I have a poster of over here. Bill Murray. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So Bill Murray <laughs> is beloved, right? You guys beyond, know Bill Murray. Beyond not, he's he's like a he's like a deity figure, um, amongst Virgo. That's all I'm gonna say. Amongst so birds. I flipped it. Yeah, so I, I flipped it on everyone because I'm gonna say this. Uh, in the 2000s, when I was in like high school and in college. They're like, oh yeah, oh my, oh oh man, Bill Murray's so cool. He goes to parties in like Brooklyn, and like girls who are like half asleep, you know, like he's like hanging out with them. I'm like, how has he not been me too yet? But he hasn't been me too yet. But there is a whole video that people completely forget, where he's yelling and and just like being berating his ex-wife or wife, whatever. And I never forgot that. That was in like 2004, I think. Hey, allegations, whatever, whatever. But I'm pretty sure I heard it. And I do not like that. I don't like people yelling at women. And um, it was the same thing with Robert De Niro. But he's not part of my list, though, because he's like number seven. <laughs> Bill Murray was like, he was like yelling at her. I heard it. I literally heard it. I don't know why it's like missing from like the internet or whatever. But he's like, I should fucking, he's like, I should fucking kill you, yelling. And then I go, I know that energy because, sorry, I have that energy sometimes when I'm like going crazy. Uh, I don't like it. And uh, let's start, let's get some smoke. (laughs) Yeah, I'll have to look up that video. Um, But yeah, he, he, it's not like he's not like, it's not known that he's, um, difficult to work with because part of the reason why we couldn't get a third Ghostbusters movie uh, while Harold Ramis was alive was because when they were doing Groundhog Day, like he was like an asshole to Harold Ramis, and then they basically had like a beef for um basically until he died because even when Harold Ramis died, like people wanted to know like. People kind of waited to to hear what Bill Murray had to say, and you know he he basically said you know he he was a good guy and he earned his keep on this earth. But you know they they you know they had like a really good relationship from the eighties because of Caddyshack and the Ghostbuster movies, and then they did Groundhog Day and and yep. you know they they had a feud for 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 twenty years after that. Uh, going back in the eighty uh, seventies uh, too. Um, it was National Lampoon's transition into uh, SCTV slash uh, SNL. So basically, they all started off in uh, National Lampoon's, uh, which was like based in Harvard. Um, but in the 70s, they branched off into two different actual like broadcasted shows. One was SCTV, which was Chicago. Second City, yeah. Second City TV. So Chicago and uh, Ontario. Uh, you know, uh, Canada and um, SNL. So basically, everyone like branched off from that. But uh, I'm not being like he's like one of my like idols. 
uh, Bill Murray. I brought that up just as like kind of like in the last couple of years where I'm like, what's up with them? Kind of like I'm I, this. I'm not that serious with this. Um, I'm hoping this nothing like that happens. Um, that you know something happens with Bill Murray, but uh, uh, it was just kind of a joke. It's something that he would probably do. But I grew up uh, imitating someone like him. That's like one of the persons I am. I I imitated so. It was kind of like, ah, fuck you, damn, ha ha, I respect you and all that. But I'm afraid, you know, he's, you know, hiding out. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let me get, get mine in. So I, I started off and I, I said LeBron James. So this is a famous thing. And people always ask me, like, why why do you hate him? Da-da-da. Like, um, a friend of mine used to always say, like, you hate him for, like, no reason. But... As you can see here, I have a list of reasons why I don't like LeBron James. So, one of the things I don't, I don't, one of the things I hate um, about him is like he always, like throughout his career, from the time he was a senior in high school to this day, he always hitches his horses to a wagon that he doesn't have. And by that, I mean like he always, says, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then, or he boldly claims he's he's this and he's that, and he never delivers on it, and if it was any other, like, most other athletes, you know, they would get called out on it, like, he, first of all, he, his mother bought him a Hummer while he was in high school, and they were basically, like, on Section 8, on welfare, and they were poor, so she basically bought the Hummer, you know, under the assumption like he was going to go to the NBA and get all this money and stuff like that. And it's like, what if his knee blew out or something like that before he got drafted? Like, you know. Yeah, there was like, a whole documentary about it. It was, uh, what, uh, it on A. Uh, it was like more, you're talking about the the one when he was in high school, the more than a game, I think. No, 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 the, the, the town, Atkins, what the hell, what's the name of the town? Akron, Akron. Akron. Yeah, okay. So that came out while while he was in Cleveland. Never mind. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I I remember. I actually really liked like the documentary like he did in high school. Yeah. He yeah. yeah. a lot and I, I liked it. But yeah, so so that and then he did the decision which is like kinda crazy because in no other like you've never seen an athlete have like a whole like hour long special where he announces where he's gonna sign, like and I just thought it was like overdone. And it was supposedly supposed to raise money for the Boys and Girls Club, but he did it in Greenwich, Connecticut, which is like an affluent place. Um, ESPN area. No, Bri- no, Greenwich is southern Connecticut. Bristol is like northern, 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 northern Connecticut. Um, and then he said, um. Yeah, so he did the decision, and then he went to Miami. They have this big uh, celebration, like, grandiose type of thing, and it was just, like, the announcement, like, them announcing the players. You know, usually teams would, like, have, like, the little press conference and stuff like that. They had, like, something at the arena with all this, like, uh, theatrics and stuff like that with him, Wade, and Bosch, and the guy for uh, whatever the Heat, the heat song sports station is like interviewing them. And he says, you know, the games are going to be easy. Um, 
we're going to win not one, not two, not three, not four. And then they go to the finals that year, get out to a 2-0 lead, and then lose the next four to the Mavericks. And the Mavericks at the time were basically Dirk and a bunch of, like, old guys and role players. And this big three loses to them. And he goes and has, like, a press conference, and it's basically him moping because people like me who hate him you know, basically got the last laugh and he's like, oh, well, you know, people still got to go, go to work tomorrow and live their lives. And, you know, he was basically trying to say like, you're still going to be, you know, all these people are internet warriors and keyboard warriors. They still got to go out and live their lives, um, live their boring lives. It was just funny to me because it was like, yeah, but you, you literally six months before I had this big old celebration where you, um, predicted like you'd win all these championships so then the next year was like a shortened season because they had the the lockout mm-hmm. and it was 66 games and then they went to the finals and beat the Oklahoma City Thunder and this is back when the Thunder had Harden uh Durant and Westbrook but they were still kind of young because I think it was only like the third time they went to the playoffs but they went to the finals and and beat them in five and then the next year the Spurs in game six, um, Ginobili and Kawhi missed some free throws at the end, and they would have lost the finals then in six games, but then go to game seven, and they almost lost game seven, and he basically got bailed out by um, a three-pointer made by Ray Allen, and they won game seven, so they won back-to-back finals. And then the next year, they played the finals again, and... They went to the finals again um, against the Spurs, and the Spurs, like, washed them. They beat them in five. And he had the one game, you know, Jordan had his flu game. Like, LeBron had a, caught a cramp because I think, like, the AC at this, in San Antonio, their arena went out. So he got he, – he, he had a hamstring. Um, well, he caught a cramp from, from, like, the heat, and he had to be, like, carried off the court. And then um, he goes to the final. He leaves. He leaves Miami. Goes back to Cleveland. Goes up against the Warriors. He loses in six, and everybody's making like you know um, the argument that like you know uh, Love was injured and uh, Kyrie was injured, and that's why they lost. And then they go back to the finals the next year, and Draymond Green. And him get into it, I think, in game four. They were down uh, – the the Warriors were leading in the series 2-1. So, in the middle of game four, um, him and Draymond – Draymond draws, like, a technical on him and gets ejected. And immediately after the game in a press conference, like, LeBron James, like, tells – like, he complains and says, like, the league should look into it. And Draymond gets suspended for game five. <laughs> They were down 3-1. One of their key players, defensive players, the guy who was guarding, who was supposed to be guarding LeBron, he, he like, LeBron asked for the league to suspend him, and the league suspends him, and the Cavs go on to win the next three games, come back from a 3-1 lead, and then he proclaimed that he felt like the greatest player of all time because he came back in that series. And it's like, dude, you've won three finals. Two of them, you won in seven games, and you got bailed out by Kyrie shooting a shot and Draymond getting suspended in one series. Then the other series, Ray Ray Allen 
saves your ass with his three-pointer that, you know, if you look back on video, he, Ray mm. Allen might have been out of bounds when he shot it. And then mm. the one title you won, like, fair and square, it was a shortened season. And usually, like, people uh, don't regard, like, shortened season title wins as, like, you know, that they count, really. Mm. And going back to, like, his first year, like, everybody knows me. I'm a Carmelo Anthony fan. I've always been. And I also love um Dwayne Wade. And both of those guys, like, took their team to the playoffs. Um, Melo, especially his team, the Nuggets, they won 17 games the prior year he was drafted. It was a big the, year. The Cavaliers won 17 games the prior year. Melo brings his team to the playoffs in the West. And the West at that time was, like, as it's always been, been way more competitive than the East. Man, if people don't remember how crazy, how fucking one-sided the West was to the East back then, Jesus, it was uh, so crazy. Like, yeah, they had the the Kings, um, the Lakers, obviously, the Spurs, um, the but Mavericks. The like it was, it was difficult to make the playoffs in the West, and and Melo did it. Yeah, the eight seed would have been like uh, the fourth. It would have been like the the worst, best, uh, division. You know. It was it was crazy back then. Then it got a little even. And Wade, Wade and Melo had better rookie years, and they lost the rookie of the year to LeBron for reasons I I still don't that that's that's still like you know unbeknownst to me. I don't understand how he won rookie of the year. Like a lot of things LeBron has gotten in his career, like he's deserved. But that's the one award I just don't think he should have gotten. And the latest thing with with LeBron, I, like, pisses me off is he went to the Lakers, and he basically went to L.A. just to – he he claims he wants – you know, he, he's claiming he wants to bring a championship back to the Lakers or whatever, whatever. But, you know, everybody knows, like, he's into media, and he basically went to L.A. just to, like, further his media career, like, post – um, post in his post playing playing career, like, but he tries to 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 um describe it as him winning the championship for the Lakers. And to me, the, I think the most egregious thing that he's doing now is he won't let Kobe Bryant rest in peace. Like he's using Kobe's name to to um <coughs> as like he's claiming like he's using Kobe's death as like motivation, and it's just like. Let the man rest in peace. Like, like it is very selfish of him to me to be carrying on um, Kobe, like trying to make Kobe a part of his legacy. Like Kobe had his, his own um, legacy, and he had a relationship with players um, more than he did LeBron. So to to act like you know he was some kind of like mentor, like your best friend, like I, I think is it's just terrible. Yeah, that came up when he when he moved over there. But I think it's even if you just stick to just the Lakers legacy, like oh, I'm gonna try to improve the Laker legacy. That's still a parting gift for LeBron because LeBron is LeBron. You know? uh, he's trying to do. He he doesn't need a whole like him coming to the like a Yankee type thing. Um, I think it's just weird where he's like. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff with Kobe. 
going on. Not even Jordan, just like Kobe stuff, which is weird. Yeah, I was a LeBron fan. I was ever a LeBron fan. No offense, like. Yeah, and then like the last, the last thing I'm gonna say about LeBron too is like this thing with like his his like fans, like you can't, um, like they they really think like he's like a greater player than Michael Jordan was, and it's like if if you still think that after watching all nine. Uh, all 10 episodes of The Last Dance, like, you're silly. Because if they, if after LeBron's career, they did a last dance, all they're going to show is him losing in the finals. He lost, he's lost as many finals as Jordan has won. Like, think about that. Yeah. He's, he's, lost, as, he's lost as many finals as Jordan has won. And then two, the, he was won three finals. Two of them he won in seven games. Michael Jordan never let an NBA Finals go to seven games. And like everybody... this. Oh, why are you fuck? Why are you here again? <laughs> like the person that would run the finals in the morning, <laughs> like the daily guy. Oh, you back here again? Get the fuck out of here! You know. But yeah, that's. Yeah, we just you're used to seeing him, so you think he's great. Yeah, and like he made the finals like eight straight times or something like that. And it's like, all right, but the East is, like, terrible. Like, he probably faced, like, t- like three, like, surefire Hall-, Hall of Famers in all his time, like, going to the finals. Yeah. In those eight straight years, like, three. Like, Jordan had to face, like, uh, Penny and Shaq, uh, Patrick Ewing, the Pacers, like, all of these great teams on the way to the finals. And then when he goes to the finals, like, he's facing Carl Malone and John Stockton. He's facing Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, Magic Johnson, Charles Barkley, Clyde Drexler. Like, the Pistons, too. Yeah, everything. And the Pistons. Yeah. And it's just, like, it, 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 I don't, you know, it doesn't compare. But, but yeah, that's, 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 my, that's the guy that everybody loves that I hate. But there was somebody we had in common, Mike, um, that we wanted to bring up. Yeah. But I'm, now I'm like, uh, should we pile on? Because apparently in the wee hours last night, uh, Ellen DeGeneres is getting shit on by someone in the industry saying that their work environment while working on the Ellen show was terrible. I just never thought she was funny. I never thought she was – I didn't like her in the 90s. I had nothing to do with whatever – but apparently now um, she's on the defense now, and she's basically. Are you guys keeping? You guys know what's going on? Like she's like burying her staff. Are you keeping yeah. up with them? Yeah, like I said, um, um, so confirmed. Confirmed. About like a month ago, I, it, there was like a Reddit account or a Reddit mm-hmm. um thread or whatever it is they do on Reddit, where like people I used to work with her just uh, told stories. Or people I worked on her show used to talk about how terrible of a boss she was, and like I like I, I, just like Mike said, like I also never really found her found her funny. Really, I know I don't watch her show. I didn't watch her sitcom in the '90s. I barely remember it. I just remember it was like a big deal because she like came out that you know she was she was uh, lesbian. But my um. I was like seven or eight at the time, so they, like I vaguely remember there was a rumor that she blamed, like her show got canceled, and the reason it got canceled is because like Oprah asked ABC to cancel it because she was gay, 
and supposedly in response um ellen um said some racist things about oprah but it was a it's it's a rumor i don't know if if, if it's true i don't think it was true but from that I, i'd never really liked ellen and just this stuff that's coming out, out about her i just relish in it because i i never really liked her i didn't like her show um no, I never, I never, really, never really liked her as a person, really. So it, it, it was just refreshing to see that, like, you know, it's confirmed that she's, like, a terrible person. Well, what what I heard, like, two days ago was that uh, the, one of the first things that came out that I heard was that, um, like many other people, you can't look at her. You can't look at her eyes when you're working with her. So basically they were saying, like, uh, you, you were like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And then she was just, like, let her assistant know yes and but you cannot look at her you cannot you know address her um but going back to the 90s uh, I, I remember watching that and i saw her on like the tv guide and i was like cool i remember looking at it but then i remember it was the same exact month i flipped it over on the other side of the it wasn't tv guide it was the view it was like uh the post had a thing where it was like a tv guide thing and it was it was the summer of salsa or something weird like that. And it was Jennifer Lopez. And I was like, I'm more, I'm on board with that. It was 1997. I remember it was summer of 97 and it was all about Jennifer Lopez and uh, Enrique Iglesias. It was like that the summer of Latina thing or Latino, whatever madness. It was the same exact year as same month as the episode of Ellen where Ellen was at, it was the finale of the series. And they were like, let's find, let's find a way to get picked up again next year or just end on a bang. And out of nowhere, the show just completely changed where she's like at an airport and she's like, uh, uh, is there a reason why you can't, you, you need to be on this plane right now? And she's like, um, well, um, and she like tapped on like a microphone. Well, I'm gay. And then like everyone was like, ah, like a fake audience and the, like that was canned, uh, canned audience from like 20 years earlier in the seventies. That was it. That's why I remember that vividly. Cause I'm a, a couple years older than you guys. I remember that. Yeah. Like, honestly, I feel like everybody who's like all sweet and cuddly all the time has some demons in them. Honestly, like this isn't anything weird. I mean, I figured something was about to pop out on her anyway. Except Mr. Rogers. <laughs> He's like, the one, he's like the one person. Oh, like, he's like the was one person who was yeah. as cool as like you assumed he'd be. Yeah, but I'm saying like even if something was there, like I'm not shocked. Like somebody, everybody has. No, nah, he's he'd be the only person I'm like shocking would like it would, it would like kill kill me if something came out like Mr. Rogers was like a bad yeah. dude, but by all accounts, he was like a great guy like all around. Yeah, I I don't mean to demonize anyone. Ain't no nobody's an angel. Nobody got a halo over their head. At the yeah, same exactly. Time, nobody I, got I, horns on their head. That was kind of that was the kind of the the point of like the whole segment. Like all of these people, like people like love them. It's like you know they probably shouldn't, and we we we're giving them reason not to. But people are still gonna love them, like anyways, like Joel. I'm I'm still fucking with Jamie Fox, Jamie Fox, <laughs> and like yeah, Bill, Jamie, Bill, and like Bill Murray. Like I, I I I'm still gonna watch Bill Murray movies. So 
he, he's my uh, inspiration and maybe you won't <laughs> some demons of my own you know so it's like I, he inspired me and the whole attitude like being like mean to people he's like mean to people like in like things like attitude mm-hmm. i don't want to be like i don't want to be angry it's like an angry angry humor no oh another it's everybody i wouldn't say everyone is universally loved that everybody likes but i don't like him either michael b jordan but that's for another day i don't know much about him for that yeah yeah michael b jordan's another one he's a face actor and then like spaces and then like real real quick real quickly before we finish like joel i think you was with me and like we ran into Buster Rhymes like outside of Madison Square Garden. Oh, Buster Rhymes. Oh, yeah. And Buster like, Rhymes too. and like, I kind of wanted to like. I mean, I was drunk at the time, but I kind of wanted to like dap him up and like. He he like wouldn't even like look at us and like even his like bodyguard is like standing there. He didn't know what to do. And he was like. You know, like, uh, okay, like, you, you can't, like, say hi to, like, your fans. And then after a while, like, of, like, 10 seconds of, like, arc- awkwardness, like, the security hits, like, bodyguard or whatever was, like, all right, step to the side. And, like, from then, like, I've always been, like, fuck Buster Rhymes. Like, even even when I hear his music that, like, I like, like, I, I change the channel or I skip his songs because, like, I met him and, like, he was, like, an asshole. I didn't know that, uh, Joel, you were there for this. Because I've heard this uh, multiple times. <laughs> yeah, I was there, like, <clears throat> it was just mad, like, awkward, honestly. I didn't even know it was busted. Was, like, I was walking, minding my business. And I'm like, I heard, you know, Chuggy say, hey, what's up, Buster? And I'm like, oh, shit. So mm-hmm. I turn around, and I'm like, yo, he just walked right past him like nothing. Like, oh, shit, like, damn. Yeah, because, like, one of our favorite bars is right there by the garden. So, we, I think we was walking to it or walking from it. And, like, we passed by him. Yeah, we, we walked by him, like, right outside of the garden. And, He's not on the level. He's not like, on the level. And I noticed him before Joel did, like, like he said, so. We're all New York guys. We all, you know, we're the same age. Like, we're up, like, dangerous and all that. And, uh, uh. You should have a healthy fear, but that whole thing, like, that's a more of a regional thing because rap wasn't even that big back in the late 90s, you know? Like, MTV wise, it was still like a, you know, uh, it was still not like full on. That's crazy. Everybody <laughs> got big on MTV. It, it was yo, MTV raps. Yeah, but even well, TRL Live, like they they would play uh, Dangerous and all, and and um, I bought all his albums and I was like listening to his albums. Oh my god! Yeah, like, like, like case in point, like that song, that song popped up on my like shuffle on my playlist last night, and I just skipped it. I like, I, I, like, I, I, like I just I, I, ever since that day, I've not I've not like busted rhymes. Like, oh I, man, he, 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 he killed my idea of him. He's oh another. Like, um, He's still my uh, my DMX level because like local New York type thing, you know. And he's also way back with the uh, the fucking uh, what's his name? Uh, Tribe Called Quest. He's with Tribe Called Quest. You know that I grew up on that. I mean, I love I, like I, I still like his verse on 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 the song you're talking about scenario. Nah, nah yeah, the new school leaders of the new school. 
Yeah, that's I, I, I the group he was in. But anyway. But Joel, like, you was about to say something real quick before we, we end it. It was just really Michael B. Jordan. Like, he came to mind. Like, I don't have, like, a breakdown. I just, like, he's just playing back. Okay. Like, he's a, he, he makes a lot of faces and emotions. He's not really acting. Okay. And, Mike, you wanted it's to not- say something? Yeah, I'm not going to bring him up anymore. I apologize. Huh? Who was that? I'm not going to bring up Buster Rhymes anymore. But he's good. No, I don't care. It's just like I said. I don't. I, don't, I like meeting meeting him. Like it just it killed my idea of him. When I saw him live, I the one time I actually remember seeing him. He might have been showed up at like Wu Tang concert or so. But he so he showed up at the uh, Prince concert right after he died, like in 2016. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my god, I didn't know who he was. He scared me. He, he was like a gargoyle. His neck was like this big, and he was like, mother. He was like cursing in my face. I was like. Going back to one of our earlier episodes, Professor Griff was cursing in my face. We talked about uh, Nick Cannon, about him with Professor Griff. He was, The first concert I ever saw in my life was uh, Public Enemy, and he was, like, staring at me like this the whole time. I was in the front row. I was, like, 13 years old. Oh, my God. I miss concerts. Yeah, so uh, anytime you watch uh, ESPN and any other show in the last few years, it's uh from it from the New York perspective, you feel like you're getting shitting on. Uh, that's how I feel, and I think that's how Shug feels. Joel probably feels the same way too. So we're gonna talk about it now. Yeah, man. So as as we all know, I'm a Giants fan, I'm a Knicks fan, and I'm a Yankees fan, and I also follow the, the Rangers who just lost as we're doing this, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And um, over the last couple of weeks or so, I've been watching ESPN, and you know, obviously they always get in a lot of digs on the Knicks. Um, that, that's usually their um, I think Mike said it before, like the motto at ESPN is, you know, when in doubt, just shit on the Knicks, and you know, you have something to talk about when it comes to basketball. But uh, the last couple of days, a few things with the Knicks popped up, and it's like, wow, like. It, it it just seems like there is like a bias against New York and New York sports teams. And the Knicks they hired um Tom Thibodeau who Tim Thibodeau. Tim Thibodeau? Yeah, Tim Thibodeau. I'll keep yeah, I keep messing it up. <laughs> Tim, Tom. Well tips. They hired tips. On a DM from someone who follows me on my wrestling account and was like, dude. <laughs> I don't know, like, what, me. what did they say? No, I, no, no, no. They said um, uh, they're probably they're probably listening because they're fans. Um, that Woodson got hired, and then I was, oh yeah, yeah, I knew that. And then I said, um, I, I want, I I like Tim Thibodeau, you know. And then um, they're, oh, yeah, he's the, he's he's the coach. Uh, Woodson's or whatever. I was like, yeah, I know. I said that. And then I did the whole, like, the whole, like, reaction. (laughs) Yeah, like, they're bringing back Woodson as, like, an assistant. So, that's that's great. Because they should have really fired him in the first place. Stack up, stack up the staff. Fucking do it. Just just stack up the staff. Yeah, and then everybody, so, with the Knicks hiring him, like, everybody on, on ESPN is, like, shitting on it. And on, um, on the other channel, um, the one with Shannon, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, 
And I think Skip Bayless also like shit it on a higher too, and they call it like boring and joyless. And Shannon Sharp, like he made it into like a, a race thing, which is incredible because like the Knicks have had a shit ton of coaches since Jeff Van Gundy uh, resigned in two thousand one, and only three of them are white: uh, Larry Brown, Mike D'Antoni, and Hornacek. Yeah, and now Thibodeau. So a majority of them have been black, and then they also he also um, admonished the Knicks for not giving um, Mark Jackson a shot. But I swear, like every time Mark Jackson's name is brought up, it's always when the Knicks are hiring coaches. When like coaches get hired and fired all around the NBA, but you never hear his name being attached to any other fucking team, and no other team gets like shitted on when they don't interview him or when they don't hire him it's always the Knicks and then another thing that happened this week is they're going to all the NBA awards are going to count from the regular season before the stoppage rather than also accounting for the games in this restart bubble thing and a lot of people left RJ Barrett off of the next rookie third overall pick left RJ Barrett off of their, um, off their all NBA rookie list. So unlike the all NBA team where they do it by position, um, I think recently they switched it from the, the five positions to just like backcourt and frontcourt. So it'd be like the best, like full, you know, the best forward center, the best forwards and centers and then the two best like guards, regardless if they're shooting guard or point guard. So that's how they do the all NBA team. But the rookie teams are basically the top 10 rookies. So it'd be the top five rookies on the first team and then the five next best rookies on the second team. And a lot of people are leaving RJ Barrett off of the, off of their list. And it's like RJ Barrett's year is comparable to Dwayne Wade, who's a Hall of Famer. His rookie year, who we talked about in the last segment, like he should have won. He he should have won. He should have been voted. He got more rookie of the year votes that year than LeBron James um should. Yeah, and, I, I had his stats. I had his stats up there. It's on phone, and I can't look at it on my phone. And. Not and only then, that, but no. the NBA tweeted out, like, the top ten, like, the top five rookies in different categories. And R.J. Barrett name, R.J. Barrett's name popped, popped up in, like, every single category for, like, the top five, like, in scoring, assists, rebounds, steals, um, three-point percentage, all these different stuff. And the media is trying to convince me that he wasn't, like, a top ten rookie. So it's, like, for the, for, for, for the Knicks – you're not even like the argument should be like why is he not on the top five? Why why is he not on the all rookie uh, first team? But because it's New York, it's like why is he not on like any of these teams at all? So that's as far as it goes with the Knicks. Like that's the bias I see there. And then something like me and Mike talk a, a lot because we're big Giants fans. Eli Manning. If you put Eli Manning's career, like, if he played for, like, the Jacksonville Jaguars and he did what he did with the New York Giants, he'd be, like, a hero. Like, he'd, he'd be somebody – you wouldn't even question if he's, he, he goes into the Hall of Fame. Mike, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, he went over 200 goddamn games. 
and then they change it. You know, I don't want to get into that. Let's go back to the Knicks first. Um, I'm gonna go with the Knicks. Just talk about media wise. So we all know the Knicks and the Rangers are owned by a family. We don't want to speak the name, uh, mm-hmm. but then they started doing cable in like the late sixties, early seventies. This is before ESPN. This is before the fake ESPNs are the ones who are like, who we all read all day long. All these fucking uh, meme things and all these other social media stuff. They're they're rea- they're fake ESPNs, and then ESPN is fake MSG because MSG they had their own network. Rangers, wrestling, and Knicks they had their own network. Uh, in, fifty years ago. And I think they're jealous. They had to go up to Connecticut. They had to go to Bristol and start their whole company there. And then um, they just are jealous of New York. And he's a piece of shit, too. He's a piece of shit, though. You know, the the owner of team. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, I think it's just a media thing. It's, it has nothing to do with the, the actual sport. It's not nothing to do with the sport of basketball or or because like they hype up the rangers sometimes but like then sometimes they don't uh i think it's just completely media they just they they see them as a competitor so they shit on them same thing with like fox with like other like cnn and stuff that's my point of view i think it has nothing to do with sports or the people that are playing all to do with business I don't know. The other thing with the Knicks, Nick, the other thing with Knicks too, like when um Durant and um when Durant and Kyrie they signed with the Nets uh, rather than signing with the Knicks last summer, like yeah. the national media, obviously people that don't live in New York were like, oh, like a lot of Knicks fans are gonna become Nets fans, and it's like, no, yeah. like you, you you like obviously you don't know the city, like people are firmly. Yeah loyal to their team like Jets fans are Jets fans they don't become Giants fans because the Giants win the Super Bowl um it explains the existence of Mets fans because Mets haven't won the World Series since 1986 and they've had more lean years than good years but there still are Mets fans who hate the Yankees and also with the other teams like you know no Ranger fan becomes like a Devils or Islanders fan because you know they're doing better and, and and stuff like that. So, you know, that was like a, a a national thing where it was, you know, they said, oh, like, you know, the Knicks fans are going to become Nets fans. And, you know, before the shutdown, like, I think the, Nick, the Knicks attendance was, like, way better than the Nets were. And the Nets have, like, a brand new arena. It's a, it's a, I've been there for, for concerts. I haven't been there for a game. A Nets game, but it it was usually very empty. Yeah, I actually was working down there. I was working near Houston when the Nets first moved to Brooklyn, and like the campaign was like an onslaught of like the the new New York. It was just like them hyping up uh, Brooklyn. That was the year. The first year was the one with uh, Garnett and all that, right? Or was that the year after? No, it was, it was a couple of years. It was like two two okay. a year or two later. Okay. So it's not that far off. Yeah, but like the actual first year, they were just showing like the whole thing. This is New York. And everything was like, this is New York. 
and I was like, oh yeah, this is New York, yeah, yeah. They, yeah they but they call them, but they call themselves they, the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. When they moved to Brooklyn, yeah, 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 yeah. it was a whole like gentrification thing. Like, oh yeah, that's that's Brooklyn's New York now. Oh, I get it. Like that is, you know, the uh, the, the uh, ski lift going from Bedford Bedford Avenue is uh, more than uh, fucking Madison Square Garden. Okay, we'll see. And then they put up that whole uh, thing to get LeBron and all that stuff. It's just been a whole mess. It's been a whole mess with me. Yeah, and I always, I'll, 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 I'll die on this hill. And I always said the one, the major mistake the Nets made when they moved here in trying to grab or, or um, to gain new fans is like calling themselves the Brooklyn Nets rather than the New York Nets, because. Mm. As you know, a Bronx person, like as a Bronx person, all of us are, are Bronx people. Mike's Mike's Bronx Yonkers. Like we will never wear shit that has Brooklyn on it. Like, like how, like, like it's like Jersey to me. It's like Jersey to me. I don't, you know. Yeah, like right? jo- Joel, like how, how, like you agree with me or not? Like the the Brooklyn thing. Like, honestly, like, when it comes to, like, New York sports and all that, I'm just strictly Yankees baseball. Like, when it comes to, like, New York team, like, obviously, you know, as a New Yorker, I was born and raised here. I like every New York team as well. But it's, like, when it comes to the politics of all teams, just being in New York or sports players is going to be difficult regardless. Like, like making it here, like, like not even, even, like, again, I'm a Yankee fan, speaking on Jeter, it was, like, one person who didn't decide, oh, you know, I want to vote for Jeter. And, you know, he was like, oh, just like missed being unanimously after Rivera. So mm-hmm. it's always going to be something on a New York player, especially, you know, speaking of Jeter, I, I could probably think I could put myself in that, uh, whoever that writer was, we didn't vote him, put him, you know, put myself in his head and just assume Jeter was injured a lot or you know, he didn't, he never won MVP, even though he was snubbed for that. Yeah, and you know that, that season. And when you talk, so about that's like, probably a reason. When you talk about like the Hall of Fame too with the Yankees, right? Like Bernie Williams and Jorge. Well, Bernie Williams, I think, made it to the second year, but they fell off the ballot within the first two years. And you know, they say like to be in a Hall of Fame, you got to be like one of the best players at at your position for the era you played. And Jorge Posada, right? There were probably only two catchers that played during Jorge Posada's um, playing career that were prohibitively better than he was. And that's Posada and Yvonne Rodriguez and then him. So Yvonne Rodriguez and and Piazza got into the Hall of Fame. And Jorge, like, didn't even make it past the the, the, the first year. And then Bernie Williams, like, he was a gold glove outfielder, won all of these um, World Series. And he was, like, he was, I think, up until um, recently, he was, like, the all-time leader in, like, postseason home runs. And I think, like, Manny Ramirez or Beltran or one of those guys, like, passed him for, like, home runs. But he fell off on his second year. And he's, he's like, a batting champion, um, world, world champion, ALCS MVP. And he just fell off the ballot. And it's like if he played like for like the twins or something like that, like he'd probably be regarded 
he he probably be recognized a lot more. I mean, it also factors in that he played with other Hall of Famers like Mariano and um and and Jeter. But Mike, you was gonna say something? Well, well, he he's not part. Of, Bernie is not part of the core four, which is crazy. He's he, he's same as Posada and all them, like the the. He's, there's a five that that's another thing that's been going on recently. Yeah, like, and I, cool that's cool. also like something like an. We kept pushing for him to stay there. You know, like I don't know. It's, and it's, it's something else that's also like uh, a national media thing. You know, like you say with the core four, and in, in essence, it should be a core five because if it weren't for Bernie Williams doing well, like Steinbrenner would have probably ended up trading like all of those players for like, you know, uh, like some over the hill, like hitter and over the hill pitcher, but you know, Gene Michaels, yeah, Gene Michaels and, and, um, Cashman basically let, and, um, Bob Watson, RIP and, and stick Michael also RIP, but it's that, that brain trust that let, you know, Bernie Williams do well and play cause he came up in 93 and then everybody else came up in ninety between ninety four and ninety six. And well, the trade for Paul O'Neill was ninety three, I think, the same year. And then yeah, he so, came from Cincinnati. So so Bernie Williams is um, you know, like with us, like we, we know he's a Hall of Fame player. Or he at least should have been on the ballot for a lot longer. But around the nation, you know, Bernie Williams like Bernie it, it, it's Bernie who? Like who the hell is Bernie Williams? It's crazy. Yeah, but um, going back to more of like the anti-New York, just not the ignorance of New York. Um, I, I recently saw a. It was like an ESPN. Someone got paid for this. It was like the top uh, 2010 to 2019, 2019 uh, Super Bowl champions. So the last one was the Chiefs, and they were they ranked them all. Of course, the Giants were the last. Them and the Ravens of 2012 were the last ones. And Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs were like the third. I wish I had them right here. I don't want to, like, misquote the prick. But uh, it was, like, all the Patriots were in the top top six, you know. It's just, like, the 2011 Giants just dominated the whole fucking season, you know, and then they would have won in 2008 as well. And like, people forget that the guy literally, it was a, a freak. It was a freak thing. The fucking gun went off in his fucking pants. Like, it's like, we, yeah. we would have we won again. Like, imagine if Aaron Rodgers, like, Aaron Rodgers blew his dick off. He, yeah. he blew his dick off in the movie theater. He, they would have been like, he would have been the best quarterback ever. They would just, crowned him like one of the greatest guys ever but no now with new york no 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 fuck it you know fuck them yeah and then with um the, the giants too i also saw a list where it was like the top 10 most tor- tortured like fan bases and the giants were like uh third or fourth and it's just like okay like i've been a giants <laughs> fan and like let's just say from the time I was born, like would I trade like being a Giants fan for like I think the only team I would probably trade like my fandom like if I could trade like the last thirty years with is probably the Patriots. 
because yeah, but I wouldn't want to. Yeah, over the last over the last fifteen years, like the most Super Bowl wins are like the Patriots, and then us and the Steelers are the only teams that's won like multiple Super Bowls since uh like two thousand four. So, like, how are we a tortured fan base just because we had, like, a couple of lean years? Like, we just made the playoffs, like, um, the year, um, like, a couple years ago. Didn't we, when they had that whole Miami bowl trip? Like, before the playoff game and they lost? So, well, the last 10 years have been – the years, the, the last almost decade after the, the last Super Bowl has been pretty rough, but – what I said when we first talked about this was that the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. They had we had two in the eighties and nineteen ninety that were like like almost impossible. A lot of the things were like kinda crazy. And then we had we beat the fucking Patriots and you know, the, one of the craziest the helmet catch and stuff. I would rather have those type of wins and then just have random like the Patriots having wins in like twenty fourteen, twenty sixteen, twenty eighteen, and right. I'd rather have more of those magical moments than just, you know, these Patriot wins that mean nothing. People can't remember what year they are. You know? Yeah. So what I what I wanted what I wanted to start off with when it came to the Giants was Eli Manning's whole career. So um, what I was getting at was like if Eli would have played for like the Jacksonville Jaguars, like he'd probably be remembered more fondly and his Hall of Fame. Candidacy wouldn't be in question as it is um, now, and Chargers. yeah, like if he had ended up with the Chargers and did what he did, like nobody would be questioning whether or not he's a Hall oh, of Famer. And they consider fucking uh, what's his name better than him? Fucking uh, Chargers quarterback better than him. Um, yeah, Philip Rivers. Who oh, interestingly, yeah, because they, they got traded for each other. But I, I would have, I, I'd rather Eli Manning than, than Philip Rivers. Um, yeah, almost a hundred uh, comeback wins. I mean, of course, you would rather be uh, on top, but he had the fortitude of having the comeback wins, and then he went up to what was it, two hundred and what eight or two hundred and eighty? I forget with the games played, two hundred and eighty games played, and then they they benched him. And it was like, yeah, and then he was third all. Or he was, I think he passed. He passed um Peyton. He passed his brother, and I think it yeah, was just but, um Favre that had the. It was it's just Favre that's um ahead of him with the com- consecutive yeah. games. But then he played an extra like eight games. So like, what's the point? Like it just was like kind of annoying. Yeah, and like his um, career, his weird. career record was like two twenty five and two twenty five. So people hold out against him that he was like a 500 quarterback. But um, here, here's an interesting point. Dan Marino, regarded mm-hmm. as one of the greatest um, quarterbacks of all time, right? His only Super Bowl highlight is going to the Super Bowl and getting blown out by the San Francisco 49ers and Joe Montana. Eli Manning went to the yeah. Super Bowl twice against the greatest head coach, arguably, of all time. And the Joe Montana of this era, and beat him, beat them twice. Like, is there any other situation where somebody that does that would be? You'd say, I don't know if he's Hall of Fame or not. And then on top of that, he's 
seventh all time in both passing yards and passing touchdowns. So the NFL just celebrated its hundred, its um one hundred season, right? Mm-hmm. So in a hundred years and thousands of quarterbacks, there are only six of them that have played the game that have thrown for more yards and thrown for more touchdowns than Eli Manning. Like, why do you, like, how is it a question whether or not he's a Hall of Famer? Like, I, I don't understand that at all. And like I say, I think it's a New York bias type of thing because they get overexposure and you see them on national games a lot and people get tired of it and they get tired of no. the person. Yeah. No, he like, he, but he, uh, Eli does commercials. Like, you always, We've seen him for almost a decade doing commercials when he's getting blown out and the season's over and we like, shut up. Like we see him doing like whatever commercials, Dunkin' Donut commercials, and we're like, shut up. And we're mad at it. But he's still doing commercials and he's still verbal. And he's able to, you know, he's like very, very vocal. And he's like, you know, he's charming and, you know, at a, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still national. He's still international. So it's not like he's just like a person that you can't promote. So, market yeah, marketable, yeah. yes. Yeah, he's marketable, yes, and he's also has the fucking stats. Like I don't get it. And the same with the Knicks too. Like, you you turn like they turned the Nick brand into shit. They purposely did it. The ESPN and Fox purposely turned the Knicks into a unmarketable team franchise. I mean. But the the Forbes list came out yesterday, and like the Knicks are the most valuable NBA franchise, so obviously they're not. Yeah, well, money. Yeah, but obvious. So obviously yeah. they're not. Yeah, I mean, like, ticket wise and all that stuff, but like, they should be like when you see when you see like the, the jersey, you laugh now when you see the Knicks jersey. Show it. Show someone the jersey now, and then be like, ah, oh, whatever. I don't want to fucking see it. You know, they did. A, they created that. It wasn't. It shouldn't have not been that. Negative. It should not be that negative. You know? It should not be like the Kings, in my opinion. Like yeah. that, they turned it into a joke. So, like, they still make money off of people wanting to see the Knicks lose instead of, like, them win. Right. It's a, you know, if that makes sense. And also with the MSG is the equivalent, almost, of ESPN because you can see MSG around North America, Canada, too, because they have hockey. So... They're competing with it. It's a comp. It's a com- competition too with uh, Dolan. Dolan's. They were part of the first cable uh, network in America before you know ESPN was 1978, I think, or 79. So I think it has roots. Has roots in that. So Aaron Boone, he should have won. To me, um, he sh- to me he should have won Manager of the Year last year because they lost Severino. Um, for basically the whole year, Stanton only played. Stanton only played about um, nine or ten games the whole season. Judge went out for about fifty games. They, they just had like a shit ton of injuries, but still ended up won- winning one hundred and three games. Yeah, and they 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 won the division. They went uh, for the first time since twenty twelve, and he lost Manager of the Year to Rocco Baldelli in Minnesota because they won a hundred games and I guess nobody expected them to win a hundred games, but at the same time, nobody could expect the Yankees to win 103 games with all the injuries that they had. These were like significant injuries. 
Right. And a lot of the role players like stepped up. So and like I said, he he didn't. I don't think he and he even ended up second. I think he ended up third behind um the manager of the the A's because they won the wild card uh, unexpectedly unexpectedly again. And you had Judge who lost the MVP in seventeen to Altuve, even if you don't count like the cheating with the Astros, you know, Judge led in like numerous um hitting stats where like Altuve basically only had him beaten stolen bases and strikeouts. And the stolen bases ain't really like part of like Judge's game. It's it, you know he's he's a power hitter and he hit um fifty home runs. So him losing to Altuve But he didn't he, he didn't have a trash can so Yeah that's what I'm saying like the cheating aside but you know, it stopped him from winning, from being, like, the first person since, like, Fred Lynn to win Rookie of the Year and MVP. Oh, no, actually, Ichiro also. It, he was the first person to do it since. since yeah, no, but then, then Ichiro had the asterisk, too, because he was in the Japan League for 10 years, too. You know, they had that weird rule where you couldn't leave Japan for 10 years, remember that? So, like. Yeah, so he was already, like, a pro. So, yeah. Yeah, I know. So I'm just first, saying, like, the bullshit with Japan. So the first like true rookie since Fred mm-hmm. Lynn, because Fred Lynn was like the first was like the first guy to win, or the last guy to have done it as a rookie, like coming through the minors and all of that stuff. Like, so he he was stopped there, and then um, Jeter in two thousand six. The only thing missing from Derek Jeter's like resume is an MVP, and he should have he he led the league in so many different categories that year. And he lost. Yeah, his that year was like his one of his best years, honestly. Yeah, and he lost. I remember his... when we were in high school talking about it, me and you, like, uh, Morneau, right? Yeah, he lost to Morneau. Mm-hmm. And the thing with Morneau is, like, he was probably not even the most valuable player on his team because Maurer had a better year. And Johan Santana, um, would have, like, remember, that's back when they never really used to give MVP to pitchers, but if they did. You know, you'd have probably gave it to Johan because he had such a great year. And um, it was like some dude, the reason why he lost was because some dude, like two two writers in Chicago, um, they actually like had him like fifth on their, um, on their voting, on their ballot. And so he lost out like first and second place votes there that would have gave him the award. And I think... The only reason A-Rod won the award in 05 was because David Ortiz was a DH. So people didn't want to give it to him because he didn't play the field. And the only reason he won it in 07 was because his numbers were, like, so, like, the, the gap between him and, like, the next best player that year was, like, so vast because he hit, like, 50 home He hit 56 home runs and drove in, like, 150 runs or, or something like that. So they obviously couldn't, like, not give him the MVP. But in 05, Mariano should have won Cy Young. They just gave it to Bartolo Colon because Bartolo Colon had the most wins. Um, wasn't Rocco, wasn't that, like, his first year, who, managing? Wasn't he, like, yeah. a rookie manager? Yeah. 
Yeah, honestly, like, I feel like that's probably why he got it on top of, uh, you know, being the first-time manager. Again, and I'm starting with Love. He was a first-time manager. The Twins, as always, you know, they, um, they're, hit, they're hit and miss. You know, we always, like you said, we swept them, like, always. Oh, so it's almost, as if, it's almost as if, like, it's like, oh, all right. You know, you made the playoffs as your first year manager. Let's give you manager of the year. And they won 101 games, too. So I don't think it had anything to do with, like, that was probably personality more, honestly. That goes into account, too, I feel. All these manager of the year awards and what have you. It goes into popularity, too. Yeah. That's like with Joe Madden with the fucking Rays, and then he went to Chicago. They loved him because he was, like, different. Yeah. You know? And he's the youngest manager too, like to but, win the award. That's another. They they want baseball to be so statistical now and so like like made by machines now and just like no more managers. Just like this is when you this is when you you uh you know the whole thing with like the stats. But I thought baseball was the whole thing about being like more organic and like being real. That's why I, I like that type of baseball. No, I don't like the whole just playing by the numbers. I like the whole like personalities and stuff. Yeah, yeah baseball's becoming what is it? Sabermetrics is all about numbers now. There's like yeah, I, I, I forgot his name. There's a guy he like a manager or a coach or something. He never even played. Yeah, I don't even think he played in college. Like he didn't even play college. He never played the sport, and he's like yeah, a coach yeah. only because of our. Or something like that. Only do the sabermetrics. Like he never really played the game before that. Yeah. Well, that's why I kind of hope that this year, um, you know, in this funky, weird year, I kind of hope. I really hope like Judge plays well, and he gets that MVP that he should have gotten in 2017. You know, with the cheating and just the fact that like, he probably outright should have won it. And an interesting thing too, like he's starting to get like a strike zone that's more uh, in 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 tune with the size of the person that he is. Whereas, mm-hmm. like in seventeen, he was getting a lot of like call strikes on like pitches at the knees. Yeah, man. We'll see. Um, definitely different. It's been weird the last like week, but uh, I'm I'm watching more now than I did in the last two years, which is crazy. Yeah. Oh, Let's say where like Gary Sanchez, like this New York bias in general, when it came to the rookie of the year voting for you know Yankees, when Judge won, you know well deserved rookie of the year in uh, in 2017, especially after Gary Sanchez. Yeah, mind you, he didn't really play the full season, but he came played again. Shug, you're more when it comes to like stat wise. But, um, you know, he didn't play the whole season or did wonderful, put up, you know, rookie records. They still didn't win rookie of the year. I forgot who won that year. And that's why uh, who won that year. For, former Michael Former for the Tigers, Detroit Tigers. Right. So then that's 2016. 2017, Aaron Judge wins. You know, well-deserved. There was no debate on that. Then we come to 2018. This is where the bias really comes in. And when I was talking about um, Andor. You know, yeah, Andohar, mm-hmm. Torres, and Otani. And this is where going back to the voting, the bias, and just popularity. You know, obviously Otani 
phenom or whatever. He pitches, he could hit, he he could do both. He, again, Shook, this is where, again, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I think he ended up with Tommy John surgery or something that he wasn't able to pitch. Was he signed line the whole yeah, season, he, the rest of the season? Yeah, he couldn't he couldn't pitch anymore, so he was just strictly used as a DH. Um, yeah, there we go. Over, over the, yeah, he, he was a DH over the last, like, half of that from whenever he got injured that season and then all of last season, and then this season he started pitching again. I think when he pitched um for the first time in, like, a year and a half, like, he got, like – hit pretty hard. Um, he had, like, a bad game the other day when he started. Right. But he ended up winning Rookie of the Year, and this is over Andujar and Torres, two Yankee rookies who did wonderful that year, too. Like, Andujar was breaking records, setting records, breaking them. Same thing with Torres, and I believe Torres came up a little later than Andujar. Yeah. But all the more, like, they still had similar – in terms of, you know, their rookie season. And they got overshadowed by Otani simply, what I feel simply because, you know, his popularity and that he could pitch and hit when, I mean, he was sidelined. And it's the same thing going back to Gary Sanchez. Granted, he didn't play the whole season, but he still put up a help, you know, batted, I think, yeah. like almost 300 and yeah, almost he, half the game. Yeah, he played like 50 games and he had 25 home runs. And it was just some, it was something that no other – rookie had done and it was just like outstanding and it was it, you know it was, it, right. nobody really talked about Fulmer for the whole year but for like those you know late July to the end of the season when Gary played like all people could talk about was him just you know yeah, knocking the shit out of the ball and it, you know t- like like what you've, you've said is like 16, 17, 18 the Yankees probably should have, like, had exactly. rookie of the year all three years, but they only won one. And the only time they won was because uh, Judge broke, like, the um the rookie the rookie record for home run that, home runs that was previously held by Mark McGuire and has since been broken by Pete Alonso. But the difference between him and Pete Alonso was, like, he actually carried his team to the playoffs. Like, he, he played like an MVP. Right. So yeah, that's like what is, the is, whole bias comes into play. Like honestly, like that could have been again 2016, 2017, 2018. It would have been three years in a row rookie of the year for the Yankees. But you know, New York bias, they're gonna give it to the more popular player. And I'm not I wasn't too familiar with Fuller again, you know, who won over Sanchez. But you know, like I said, if uh, Sanchez, if that, if he was, if it was Otani in Otani's uh, case, he got sidelined and he didn't play. Like he couldn't pitch. No, he couldn't really do what he was signed for. He was really signed to pitch and hit, so he could only do, and he couldn't really even hit. He was DH, so he wasn't even in the lineup. Still ended up winning Rookie of the Year over Andujar and Torres. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when they played the entire season. Once he stopped pitching, he should have really been judged on his hitting alone. And, you know, Andujar, like, over the span of the season was, like, the better hitter. Exactly. 
That's like, again, that's just going back with the, you know, Aaron Boone not winning manager of the year and popularity now and this baseball becoming a popularity contest. I don't know. It's like a sore subject with you because you, you, you flat out don't like the guy. But it was like a few years where I think like Girardi should have got a lot more consideration for manager of the year. And I think like the highest he ever like finished was like third one <laughs> one year. I think he and the year actually the year he got he um um got fired or he didn't return to the Yankees in seventeen, like he probably should have been a shoo-in because remember that was supposed to be like a rebuilding year because, uh, Teixeira yeah. was was they gone. Yeah, yeah, they always they used him as like an excuse for why they didn't win Remember that game. He still had nothing to do with it. They always said that whole thing where he like didn't. Uh, oh, yeah, when, he, when he didn't challenge, yeah, but, but that's bullshit. But, but overall, in the year, like he should have got a lot mm. more consideration for manager year because it was a young team. They had rookies everywhere, mm. and you know he got the most out of the the rookies. You know, everybody came up and they played like they played for like ten years, and he didn't get like consideration mm. because you know he, he he's on the Yankees, so. Even in a rebuilding year, they're, they're expected to be the best team. So, what I what I thought about it, like day, a week ago, I go, you shit on the Yankees because they win. You shit on the Knicks because they don't win. So, what the fuck do you want from us? Like, you like, you know, the the, the media people like. They, they they don't want the Yankees to win anymore. They want them to be like the evil empire, which is what they created the whole thing. And then with the uh, with the next, it's like oh my God, like it's been so goddamn long. It's been fifty fucking years. Like, you know, it's like they get off on like them not winning, and also like if they did win, what do you expect them to do? Like oh, finally the next win. What's the point? And then, then you like make us fans feel like, what's the point? Like it's bizarre. And I think it goes back to the media thing with them sharing TV space with MSG. And I think it's purely capitalism. And just like, just like you said that, it's like they always have like a 15-minute segment on these NBA shows about how irrelevant the Knicks are. But you're talking about them for like half of your show, so you're basically keeping them relevant. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, but, it's ironic as fuck, and it's, it's it's hypocritical. But then you have a team that like actually starts winning, whatever. Like the 2012, the 2012 team was like I had fun watching the fucking team, and then you made it look like you made me feel like shit by watching it because you were like, well, whatever. You know, they they downplayed the whole team. And I was just like, what's the point? Like, I'll, I'll, why would you kill a whole market that is like how many millions of people that have been watching basketball for generations? And it's one of the earliest generations, you know, of the sport. Like, why? Like, why are you shitting on us? It's like. I, I'm glad you brought up the um, 2012 team because it actually um, made me think of a um, bring up a point that I didn't have in my notes which was that that 2012 team everybody complained because they at the time they set like the record for like three point attempts and three point made 
three-pointers made during the season. And everybody kept on saying, like, oh, you know, they're not going to do well in the playoffs or this type of play is not going to gonna last because you can't win by being a three-point team, right? That was when the Knicks did it. Then, like, two years later, the Golden State Warriors basically built their team on three-point on, – on, on shooting and, and three-point shooting. So now that's, like, the craze in the NBA. But the Knicks get no credit for being, like, ahead – you know, being ahead of their time. All right, guys. The Emmy nominations went out recently. And um, John Guazama came out with a tweet, and he was saying, uh, basically, why do, why doesn't the uh, Hispanics have a piece of the pie? Which, you know, resulted into a whole thing in the last couple of last couple of days. Uh, I'm gonna ask you guys what you guys feel about this, because of course, in the last m- multiple years. It's all been about representation, and it's a little more dynamic than just black and white, if that's so corny, if I could say that, but what do you guys think? Yeah, so there's like a lot lot to unpack here, because um, the tweet uh, Mike mentioned from John Leguizamo, he, it, he posted an article from the LA Times which says Emmy 2020 black nominees, black nominees gang round Latin representation still abysmal. So in response to that, he said, why can't we Latin have a piece of the pie? We are the largest ethnic group in America and missing as if we didn't exist. Exclamation point. And then um, Dasha Polanco, um, an actress, said uh, in replying to it, uh, added on to it that says, if it's only us speaking up on it, no one cares. It's the silence from those that fight for equality, but only only their equality. Diversity, but diverse enough to include thyself, that mentality of as long as I'm good, shrug, I don't see a damn thing. So I guess the people that she's talking about are black people. And I guess she's saying that when we fight for equality, it's only for equality for black people. Uh, The interesting thing about these two is that they both appeared in When They See Us, the... um, five-part, was it four or five, four or five-part miniseries on Netflix that um, dramatized the Central Park Five's um, trials and tribulation um, before um, going to jail for a crime they later were exonerated for and, and they didn't commit. And after they were let out to jail, let out of jail, and um, their lives afterwards, and eventually leading up to their vindication, um, many years later. But both of those people were in that um, series. I think they actually played um, a married couple in it, and the person I played Corey Wise 
uh, Jarrell Jerome. He's uh, a Dominican person, and he won, I think, Best Actor for it in last year's Emmy. So, you know, he he's Black and Hispanic. So he's representing both communities, but, you know, somebody who was in uh, the same show or the same series as them, they're not even recognizing his win as a win for Latin people. So me and Joel in our first episode that was put out, um, we talked about, you know, how colorism um, is prevalent in the Afro, in, in the Latin community and the Hispanic community. So I wanted to hear Joel's thoughts on on what um, John Leguizamo and Dasha Polanco said. Um, like, to me, honestly, it's just like, I understand how they feel, like, but to me, it's almost like it, it won as a, a Hispanic. Like, obviously, I consider myself Hispanic, Afro-Latino, whatever you want to call it. It's almost as if, like, they're giving us an option to pick or choose. And that's just very, very irritating. Yeah. When you think of uh, Hispanics, when I think of Hispanics, I automatically just assume and hear of, like, obviously, you know, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, Cubans, any of these Spanish-speaking countries with African ancestry in them. That's what I think of when I hear Afro-Latinos. So it's almost like, why is it that you're upset that there's no representation for Latino, but you'll get nominated for, you know, your role anywhere else, honestly. Like, if you get nominated for your for a role that you did it for, let's say, like, you played a white actor, like John Leguizamo, for example, he could play a white actor. I'm pretty sure he won't complain that he got nominated for that, honestly. So it's almost like, why are you picking and choosing what you want to get nominated for? And that's and, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's just like, for me, being, you know, Latino, that's just everything. I can't, for the life of me, on this radio show right now, say I'm not Black, I'm Hispanic, or I'm Latino. You're going to look at me crazy. Mm-hmm. So why is it that I could do that, like, when it comes to awards? So it shouldn't be no... Uh, you know, you can't pick or choose. I know I can't pick or choose. Yeah, and then to hit to hit off from John Leguizamo, like this is a person who's gotten opportunities from black people. Like he was in Summer of Sam, a Spike Lee film. This um particular miniseries, Ava DuVernay, a black female director. You know, he she gave the opportunity for him and Dasha to showcase their talents in in this great um series. So you know, there, there's black people opening the door for you, but also another thing I find with like the Latin community is they all or the as far as like the fairer skinned Latin people, they always they usually take like white roles or white adjacent roles and I think Joel you you um um you you right. were um <clears throat> you were saying something along those lines too. Like growing up I remember George Lopez show and I love the George Lopez show. But I always used to notice like his daughter on that show um 
she acted like white and all of her boyfriends, you know, this is supposed to be a Mexican Hispanic family. All of her boyfriends were white guys. Like they couldn't mix in like a, like a Hispanic boyfriend or a black boyfriend. All of them were like white. And I, that always kind of like bothered me when I used to watch that show. Yeah. It was like, like a lot of Latinos, Hispanic period, they like to cater to, you know, white people as well. That's the bottom line. Like, like a lot of uh, Hispanics like to cater to the, you know, the, the the oppressors, and that's just a sad thing about it. You know, to be blunt as hell, that's just a like, like I said, like me speaking personally, I can never be in a position where I could choose whether I'm, oh, I could say I'm black or I'm Hispanic, Latino. I just can't. Like you're gonna look at me crazy. Either I could go right now, you know, you know, my whole family. Dominicans and, and not say like I'm Hispano or, or Latino or something. No, I'm black, but we're black. Mm-hmm. This that's not gonna happen. Somebody's gonna look at me crazy. I can't walk into a group of you know African Americans, black, and be oh I'm not black. I, I speak Spanish. They don't look at me like you're crazy. Yeah. So I can't pick or choose. So there should be no reason why to pick or choose. Like for you know Dr. Polanco being upset again i'm not trying to they could be upset for whatever reason i'm just trying to say you're bringing up you know race and that's just awkward sometimes like it's just really awkward as a fellow hispanic it's just yeah. awkward for me. and there are a lot of um afro latinos like you know we talk about uh Jarell jerome i see like laws alonzo in 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 a lot of stuff and zoe zaldana she's been in she's in the mcu she's in the marvel universe as like a prominent character and she's you know black and latino so i mean uh, i don't see where like the under the under representation of latin people are i think it's the under representation of you know uh what what joel you know would call Blanquitos, you know, the, the fairer-skinned Latin people. Next. They're just trying to cater to, to them. Like, and I don't see, I can't even name, like, well, you know, Dasha Polanco did what, uh, Orange is a New Black. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that. And it's almost mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, you're getting, you're, if you are being represented, to be nominated for anything is like a role that's stereotypically like you know stereotypical for black or hispanics anyway like that's what you're going to be nominated for yeah. i haven't really seen you in any roles that's like oh outstanding what you do so like what are you trying to say you want to be nominated for bullshit honestly no i was like you're trying to get nominated for bullshit you want to be nominated for 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 portraying a prisoner, is what you're saying, and you're mad that you're not. Right. That just doesn't make sense to me. And like I said, John Leguizamo, like, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Like Benny Blanco was cool. <laughs> I bet you know. Benny from the Blanc. Well, yeah, mate. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, I like John Leguizamo. Uh, he was like one of my early introductions into like 
like comedy. I liked him and everything, but um, I really don't understand. I don't. I understand the whole. Most people don't don't get the difference, like in like the, like, I don't think all white people are the same. I, I, Shug, I don't always say like uh, this white person is he's not like white like me like that. Mm-hmm. Is that racist if I say he's not white like me? No, we're like different. We have different cultures and stuff. Right. That's not racist, right? I said the same thing with the certain customers that came in. I'm like, well, he's white, but he's not white like me. That come that sounds racist, weird, but it's the same thing with uh, um, the you know the Hispanic community and everything. Like I understand that there's different cultures within a culture. Like I don't want it's so complex to some people that it blows their minds and they can't comprehend. So they have to make it. A, a lot of Hispanic culture it comes from African. African yeah. and Taino culture, like a lot of the things that a lot of Hispanics like to tend to like is like really colonizing. It's colonizing brainwashing. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. it is in the Latino community. Is it colonizing brainwash? That's what it isn't, is. Isn't a lot of like um, the tell a lot of Telemundo stuff is a very European. When I watch it, it seems very European. Like a lot of, and Mexican, Mexican is a lot of uh, European influence, you know. Yeah, I always like flip on like a, a Spanish channel like by mistake or whatever, and I I can never tell where they like film from because I I try to like guess if it's like in like Puerto Rico or Mexico or in the Dominican Republic, and I like never I couldn't I I I I don't know maybe I gotta look it up, but. That's okay, but the people from uh, from where we are, they see everything the same way, like very simplistic. They don't have the knowledge to like understand that there's it's very complex, huh? and I think uh, you know th- it's a very complicated. Uh, you know, life is very complicated. You know, you get what I'm saying, you guys. You guys, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah I feel you. Yeah, so um, there's not I'm much like, I can say. Like, this thing, like, like, you, like, when it comes to, like, like I said, this whole topic is just real annoying for me. Like, I've been through this my whole life. It's like, stop picking and choosing. Uh, and then like, a, like, Latino, Black, we all come at the end of the day. A lot of Hispanics come, you know, we, we come from Africans. And that's just the bottom line. We all have one common ancestor. So let's stop, like, Picking and choosing, like you cut it out, and then on top of that, if you don't choose the oppressor, I'm trying to appeal to the oppressor. That is more brainwashing down the line. That's just annoying. Yeah, and then the, the the thing, um, I brought this up with Mike a lot, and I think I brought it up in um at the beginning, like around George Floyd's um murder and the protest that followed it. I said to Mike, I was like, watch. It's going to be all of these little, like, you know how, like, they used to have, like, shows where they'd have, like, the villain of the week, like, Smallville, like, you know, they'd have, like, Clark going up against, like, somebody, like, every every episode. You guys are bringing up all the things I've been reading about. Yeah, Monster of the Week thing is what it's called. Yeah, 
Yeah, and like I, I, I told you, like with the Black Lives Matter movement, I was like, watch, like next month's Gay Pride Month is going to be a whole Black versus the LBG, LGBT community thing, and you know, then it it popped up, like yeah. Black trans, like it turned in from Black Lives Matter to Black Trans Lives Matter. As if, like, Black Lives Matter won't cover, like, everybody. Like, if, like, a gay black person got killed by the police, like, I'm not going to, you know, say he was killed because he was gay. He was killed because he was black. Like, black lives in general matter. And then a couple of weeks ago, it you know, we talked about it. It was, like, blacks against the Jews. Everybody started generalizing, oh, like, there's, like, um anti-Semitism is prevalent in the black community because one or two black people said something anti-Semitic. So now it's blacks versus Latinos because, oh, black people are fighting for equality for themselves, but they're not saying anything about um, other minorities. And it's just, you know, every time I just feel like we have to keep on um, going to the back of the line. You know what I'm saying? Like we open doors we open doors and then get those same doors like slammed in our face. Like we've been fighting the longest battle of like all these people. Like we've been going through it from like the 1600s and we're still fighting for it in 2020. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, well, my, my people, they found, they found a community with the cops. They became the cops. They became, they became that. And then they they stopped getting shit on by the other white people, and then they became white. But they they were the cops, so they took out their frustration today, 2020. They're all it's all you know mostly white Irish people. Back then they weren't white. They were in the 18, late 1800s they weren't white, but yeah. then they they became their own thing, and then they're moved on. Like now it's not an issue anymore. And you but it's still an issue. And you, else. and you mentioned that, like before, um, you know I mean? in the in the 1800s, like Irish people were looked on like the same way black people were. So much so that there used to be a lot of like intermarriage between um, Irish people and black people, and you know it, it wasn't counted as because you know they you know interracial marriages were um, illegal up until the sixties, but a black person and an Irish person getting married, it wasn't seen as an interracial marriage because to European, to, to whites from other European places, like the Irish were like the blacks of Europe, essentially. Um, I, I always say is that there's a difference between Europe and then like England and then the rest. And that's its own thing. Like it's exactly the same. It's not exactly the same, but it's also very similar to the Latino world. You know, that's why people don't like. You have to dive into people's history and respect their history the same way you look at someone else's history. Like you don't look at all Asians the same way. You don't look at all African the same way. I know the difference between West African, East African. I know. Congo is different. I know who, who, where they speak which language. I know like the French is in Congo, and I know the West is. Uh, I think the West is more English, and then the 
East is, uh, I, I, I know there's a difference because of colonization and everything. Colonization was in Africa, it was in, uh, it was in uh, South America, it was in also in the first place they, they colonized was Ireland too. You know, like they changed the language. Like I understand and I respect that everyone's language got changed, you know, and like it's not black and white. Like it's, it's you know, we talked about that. I was actually rewatching guys everyone please go on youtube and watch our youtube show our youtube channel but i was watching our thing and uh our first thing we posted had a clip from our biracial relationships and show you mentioned your personal background like you, you said that it was not complicated it was more complicated than it is right yeah. you said that it was yeah so uh Basically, America right now on social media is very, very 50-50. And people need to realize that everyone has their own... Everyone has um, something to learn and stuff because it's very complicated. It's not simple. It's not simple. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. Yeah, and I went uh, out of like, like There's people stuck in their ways, like specifically millennials, any like... It's just, you're ignorant at this point if you don't do your own research. Like, you have a smartphone in your hand to do your own research. Like, just stop being ignorant. But again, I'm speaking specifically for millennials. I know there's people, like, the generation before us, that they stuck in their ways. It is what it is. And all we could do is, you know, as millennials, knowing all the bullshit that's going on, we have information handy right here in our hands. Like, we just got to do our part to help, you know, the future generation on top of that. Like, honestly. But yeah. it's almost like people just don't want to learn and, and they don't want to, like, I'm not the same person I was, honestly. Like, not even, I, I was going to go even, not that far back, but I'll say like two years ago, I'm really not the same person. Like, honestly, there's some people who they're still the same person they are 10 years ago. And that's horrible. I still know people, like, from my high school days, they're still acting the same way, and that's horrible. This is horrible. Yeah, and um, when you want to, oh. there's a singer, Camilla Cabello. I think she's like of Cuban descent. So a couple of years ago, I assume it was like during um when they started um Trump started doing those ice raids and started putting kids in ca in cages, and he took away like DACA. And she goes on stage at like some award show and then she's like, um, dreamers built this country. And I just like watched it and I was like, nah, slaves built this country for free. And then you hey, come well. to, and then you come to find out like she used to be on message boards saying a lot of like racist shit towards black people. And she used to be in a group called Fifth Harmony and another member of that group uh Normani who's black you know she came on and said like she was like racist to her too so I, I, you know that's a latin person being yeah. racist towards black people but mike you were saying yeah i'm just saying like it's very com it's very complex like uh i like people are so bizarre they don't even understand that it's a whole goddamn south it's a whole continent you know it's a whole other half of like a guy from New York isn't the same as someone from like Alaska or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. like, 
Cuban and they have their own history. Um, Shivani told me about your history with uh, you were on an island and then like no one came in to like defend it or whatever and you became your own island. You have your own history, you yeah. know. I have my own history too. And then I understand that my history, people came to here and most of them got into unions and the cops and all that stuff. And that's why we became more American, you know, it's basic. That was the basic knowledge and stuff. We, we had Paul Mooney said the complexion for the protection, remember? Yeah. So, um, it's not his real name. Mooney wasn't his real name, but anyway, but if you go to South America, yes, it's, it's more Euro. Um, I don't understand why people don't realize like, like it's very complex, you know. I get it. I mean, we get we're just we're just yelling at each other now. We just need to people need to start watching us, and then they'll start knowing, you know, on the YouTube. But like the the the, the point, like I, I I wanted to make throughout all of this was just that like a lot of people mimic and imitate and take a lot from like black culture. And I think Joel said it um a lot during this. A lot of people, you know, take from our culture and use it and like they love black culture, but they don't love black people. And I think that's something that is evident in what uh, John Leguizamo and Dasha Polanco were saying, because, you know, I don't see them. They, we're out here protesting. You know, we had the civil rights movement way back when we did all of this stuff. And when black people fight for equality for minorities we do it for all minorities but you know there's it always has to be some kind of other community whether it be the lgbt latin people asian people um jewish people they they'll come up and say like black people only for black people and somehow some way everything uh changes for them and they get all kinds of like tangible benefits and stuff like that but black people are still still having to fight for 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 our rights like continuously like it's an endless cycle and we see everybody else getting you know getting equality and getting social justice and getting representation and getting ownership and wealth and stuff like that and it's never um it's never reciprocated back to us even though we're the ones out there like marching and fighting and protesting and stuff like that. So that, that's what I, that, that was like my issue with what they, they said. I told you, like my issue is is, like, I honestly, like I never, like I said, with Dasha Polanco, like probably just not nominated because you're just not that. Haven't been in a lot of good shit. How about that? Mm -hmm. Start there. How about you start with yourself first and you stop bringing you know, race in it or, or, or ethnicity into it. Like just say, just admit to yourself, maybe I'm not that good in action. I gotta step myself up so I can get nominated for something. Or look for better rules. Yeah, that's it. Okay, John Leguizamo, like, isn't he like half Italian or something? Um, uh, you know what? This came up a while ago, and for some reason I know this. He's uh, his father was Puerto Rican. And uh, or in Colombian, yeah, I think it's Colombian. Like, like he's he's Colombian, and he grew up Puerto Rican, and he grew up as a Puerto, like, Puerto Rican pride. 
you know, and later on in his life, he was like, oh, I'm Colombian. You know, that was just like something that happened in his life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, like, that's another like you said, you've been picking and choosing your whole life. Yes, yeah, so you've just been picking. Oh, okay. You know, it's just picking and choosing some like Latinos ass. That's what it is. They're like, oh, well, yeah. you know, we have uh, Spaniards, Tainos, Africans. Some only want to appeal to the Spaniards, the oppressors, and that's just the bottom line. You know. Yeah. Yeah, Mike, you was about to say something before Joel started. You want to get it in? No, I was just saying, like, I understand, like, the whole thing about uh, identifying with a culture. Like, you have to identify with something, and then you're going to, like, what do I, what do I identify with? And you, then you feel lost. What about, you know, and then I, what, if I could say something, uh, if I could say something, um, with, like, black is, like, a blanket term. So you see your black, and then like, what about people that are, you know, they they are only, you know, black. They I, they identify as black, and then it's just like a blanket term, and like, you know, you don't have any other. I don't know. It's very complicated. I don't want to sound crazy. I don't want to sound. I'm just talking from observing. Uh, that uh, makes sense. I get it. You but, get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, but like, like I, I told like. Me and Joel say, like, you look at us and we're black, so we don't even get, like, the choice. Like, I can't say, like, I'm Indian. Joel can't say I'm Hispanic. You know, you're just looking at us and you just see black. So the world doesn't give us that choice. And I think that's kind of, like, the point. I think that was kind of the point, like, um, we were trying to make with this whole thing, where it's, like, the fairer-skinned, Hispanic people are the ones that's claiming that they're being underrepresented, under underrepresented. So, like you say, like black is like a blanket term, and they're not using being Latino as a, a blanketed term as well. Because if like Joel um, was nominated, if he became an actor and he got nominated and he won, even though you could clearly see his name's Joel Romero. People are going to still say, oh, well, you know, Latin people still, you know, black people, he, he's black. Um, black people are getting a nomination. They're nominating him because he's black. And it's like, no, like, he's Hispanic. Y'all should be proud that he's, you know, representing um, your, your group of people. Afro-Latinos. Like... afro yeah, that's, I, I remember in the 90s when I was growing up as a kid, like, Afro-Latino was a thing. And I, like, and then there was a whole thing on like all the like the trash TV shows talking about like light skin and stuff. And there was a whole, you know, I I knew about all that stuff, but and then they kind of just went away because back in high school, there's just people just went on their own ways and stuff. But um, it's a real thing. Like, uh, I, I you know, I get it. <clears throat> it's not again. It'd be so cliche, like the whole black and white thing. But most of America or most of social media, they they don't see the com- complexities of everything. And I'll, I'll tell you something else too. Like else. when you have like the best baseball players in the world, and you know a lot of them look like 
me and Joel, you know, Latin people in general, light skin, dark skin, they don't denounce like dumb people. They don't be like, oh, like David Ortiz isn't Latin. He's black. Yeah. I I think people just they, they don't they're they're ignorant to where people are from and they just assume where people are what they are. Uh. And that's another to that whole topic of race. I mean, it, it's really more like United States. Like a lot of you know countries mm-hmm. and they don't con- they, they they consider themselves like sort of like or moreno mestizo or things of that nature, not black white. You know what I mean? They come from their countries and come here, and now all of a sudden, like I'm none of this, and where I'm from, why right. do I have to pick here? Right. And like that's what it is too. Well, they, they was just real, like just real like confusing sometimes. Uh, also with like uh, now in the last like decade, we started having the whole international play that's been more prevalent, and uh, like Andrew, like Andrew Jones, people would be like, oh, he's a black guy. Oh no, he he plays for. Dutch, he plays for uh, the Netherlands, Netherlands, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and like Didi, like Didi realize that there's a whole still colonialism still going on. Now it's not as prevalent, obviously, but yeah, but like that's that was that what is what was going on the last hundreds of years. Like, you know, you, you consider yourself one thing, but you play for someone else. Right. Yeah, it's just like Interesting, yeah. But uh, the the main thing with this uh, cool uh, the Emmys was uh, how, like how do you separate? So I have no idea. You know, that's not my thing. Uh, uh, like uh, uh, just like how about you just be a good actor and just if you're good, I, you're good. How about that? Yeah, and we we me me Mike me and you talked about that um when we talked about like the genderless awards like if you're really good at your your your, your craft then you know you'll, you'll be recognized for it and if you're not it's yeah. wrong obviously but you know you have to be in good stuff and put out good product projects in order to to be um to be nominated yeah. i but i actually i go up and down uh now i'm thinking you need to be seen you need to be seen to be, you know, like it depends. You have, you need to be seen. Um, so I get that. Like I go up and down. I, I think the best thing needs to be awarded the, you know, the trophy. But also, there could be an amazing movie that never gets seen. Right. You know? right, right. Like man, I get that. So I'm like, but like you know. going back to what we talked about before, like look at Django Unchained. Like, would you have nominated Jamie Foxx for Best Actor just like because, like, he's um the he's he's like the main character, or the movie he's he's the the namesake of the movie, probably not because there were a lot more better acting or more fleshed out characters around him than his character personally. Yeah, I, I think uh, in the last. In my in my lifetime, is that the name of an album? In my lifetime, um, <laughs> I don't know. In my lifetime, uh, basically, I think every year is like kind of influenced by something. Mo- most years are like influenced by something, but 
I don't know. Like, um, I like it. Mean, I don't think any award means anything. But these, like, these, I don't think it means anything. Honestly, I think it's just like a spur of the moment thing. But it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. I'm not shitting on it, and I'm not praising it. I'm in the middle. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just in the middle right now. I don't mean it's like, you know. Uh, a lot of these awards just for, for like, oh, prestige. It's like a big deal. Like, some of the best actors probably never won an award for their best role. And they won for the role that's like most popular. That's what it is. It's all finicky. Mm-hmm. It's all popularity. You ain't getting nominated. It has nothing to do. Nine to probably it probably has something to do with yeah you know your skin tone, but before oh, yeah. that, just maybe it you know you just are whack. How about that? Mm-hmm. Think of that first. Yeah, I, I I heard you earlier. You were saying that, and I agree. And it's hard. I mean, like now, especially in the last twenty years, thirty years, you know, it's hard to do that now. Um, and if you say no, then you turn like, oh, you, you side with them now. And then if I, and then I say something, then I'm like, oh, you side with this now. But yeah, that's the that's the. But the fans, man, just stay true to yourself. Like, ain't no can nobody if like, you can't go back on your words if once you said it, like stick to it. Like that's what that's the the motto I go by. Like it is what it is. Like I'll say if I sound ignorant, like ignorance can be fixed, and like we could discuss it, but. I'll say what I want, honestly. I'll say what I want. And we can discuss what I said if you got a problem. Yeah, man. So uh, let's get our final thoughts. And Mike, what what final thoughts do you have? Um, I never was a guy who was into, like, what was most popular. Um, I was pretty shocked. I was kind of shocked that – Joel brought up uh, Jimmy Fox. Cause I like, you know, I I liked him in the nineties. I didn't like him after that, and he just seemed like a megastar. I was just like, yeah, whatever. One of those per- people that became like a megastar. Um, I have one thing that I just have like a lottery. You know, people have like a a lottery for someone's going to happen to someone. I think uh, with uh, Bill Murray, something's going to happen with him. We'll see. Um, but someone who everyone loves, if I go to someone's house and like, I'm like, I need, I need water. I need water. You know, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We were watching, uh, CBS and it's James Corden and the karaoke and karaoke. First off, they copied off of, uh, uh, comedians getting coffee with whatever. I just don't like his. I don't like James Gordon. Long story short, I don't like this guy. That's it. Yeah, I don't get his appeal either. The punchline is that I don't like the guy. I don't like the guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> I don't have to do a, like Jamie Fox. I don't have to do a stupid accent and fuck him. I just don't like him. Yeah, fuck him. So that's the joke. All right. All right, uh, Joel. I uh, just thought, you know, touching back up on Jamie Foxx. Like I've said, everybody who feels a way that I don't like Jamie Foxx, go back and 
look at his films and you can see that you know he had a real good cast behind him and like every movie that you like Jamie Foxx in just make sure you give credit to the cast as well because it wasn't just Jamie Foxx you know doing the acting and probably did he wasn't as funny as a comedian honestly I should say that too like I never got like tears on my eyes crying you know like oh Jamie Foxx is so hilarious never got that from him so it's just like I said his music it it is what it is he was making the same songs everybody was making anyway at the time so it was just like a bunch of repetitiveness and that was just like the music industry anyway like I said he's an overrated just overrated for me and I wish I had a picture right now in his early days his like hairline was literally like just like this like he just had a weird hairline he has too many hairlines he needs like his barber he went through so many barbers and i don't think didn't he get a tattoo the right one yet didn't he get like a his hair like a tattoo of like a hairstyle on his head yeah he had some dumb shit like that because he's dumb (laughs) but you know you want to know he played the dumbest character, like horrible bosses, you know. Again, like that character he played, it was just dumb. Like motherfucker Jones, I love motherfucker Jones. Yeah, <laughs> of course, because you love Jamie Fox. Guys, nah, he lost. No, thank you. He lost me in nineteen ninety four, five ish. He had a weird character where he was like a woman, or whatever. Luana. Wow. My ex girlfriend just texted me. Ooh, let's get. Let's let's cut that out. They've all played, like, I think Dave Chappelle is like the only one that ain't play like a woman or like Chris Rock. But, like, but every other one play like a woman. No, no, no. He felt he weirded me out. Like he did the whole thing where like we had skid marks and he was like, I'm gonna give these skid marks and he's like, I'm gonna eat it he's gonna eat it for lunch. And I was like, Oh that's gross. And I never liked it. Yeah, he does gross. that in real life. No, it wasn't real, obviously, but it was just, I, he does it in real life with Jamie Foxx. I'm pretty sure it is. For life? No, I'm saying it was like, he was like, I'm going to give my man some shit. And he was like, skid marks. It was a skid mark joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he played, I think it was LaWanda. Oh, is it? I don't know. But I, I You're talking about on, in, in Living Color? Yeah, in 94, the last year. He was on. He was on the last year of '94. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Also, I don't know if it was a rumor, but uh, for Django, wasn't like Will Smith considered for that, or is that just a rumor? Yeah, he wanted it, but it wasn't as big of a part. He he thought like Christoph Waltz's character was like the main character, and he wasn't. But I think we've talked about um, Will Smith every, and his choices movie. in movies. First off, Wallace was like the like the surprising hit of uh, Inglorious Bastards, you know. Yeah, we all know that. It is. Speak your mind. It is what it is. Joel, you had something. About, you said you had something to say about the New York sports bias thing. Oh yeah, real quick on that. Like I said, like I've only lived in New York my whole life born and raised here so it's like it's not new york bias if like i like new york i have been here my whole life so like cut it out 
we have some of the best players, and that's the bottom line. You know, and that's it. Like, yeah, we the only team that really has won anything for New York has been the Yankees and you know Giants. But that doesn't mean anything. Like, this is the mecca. Like, stop, cut it out. Like, you know, when we win, we win, and that's it. There's no bias if we like New York teams. It should. I'm it should be. It shouldn't be a penalty. I'm a New Yorker. Like, oh, you're by, you're from New York. I love, though, I live here. Like, yeah. <laughs> you always got to deal with the other half. They don't like it. They're going to be assholes. That's the whole thing. Huh? So, yeah, so, so my final thoughts, like, you know, um, LeBron James, everybody loves him or about, you know, a majority of people like him generally. I just have other disdain for him. I do, I, I do respect him as like a father, and I respect him as, uh, um, um, I, I respect like his work off the court. Like you know, he he built a, a school. Um, he's always had a um strong voice. Um, he spoke up on he's he speaks on a lot of issues. Um, we we talked about that, uh, um, a few episodes ago. Uh, he was one of a few people during this restart because the NBA was allowing players to wear like social justice um, messages on uh, instead of their names on their jerseys. And he was one of a few people that turned it down because, and I applauded him for it because names on jerseys doesn't do anything for social injustice. Um, all of that shit is for show. Even Adam Silver said, like, he was going to um, – wasn't going to enforce the the rule um, forcing players to stand for the anthem uh, during – he said in these unique times. So that just means that after this season and after they've, you know, gained all of um, this um, praise for – pushing the social justice narrative, like they're basically going to go back to the status quo and force players to stand and find them if they don't. So uh, I, I applauded uh, LeBron for at least like calling it as he saw it. And, and just the fact that like all of that shit is for show and it's not really doing anything like it's not really uh, m- making any, any action. But him as, like, a basketball player, I don't really fucking care for. And I think, like, he gets a lot more credit than he deserves. The New York bias thing, um, you know, even in our argument, it's kind of biased because we never – we didn't even really talk about, like, teams. Like, we don't like that play in the city because, you know, New York – is one of the few cities where we have two teams for each sports, you know, NBA, we got the Knicks and we have the Nets football jets and giants hockey. We have the devils, the Rangers and the Islanders. And then um, baseball, you have the Mets and the Yankees. So it'd be interesting if you got those fans and, and see if they also feel like, you know, those teams, you know, they they don't get the credit they deserve from the national media or there's a slant towards them. Um so maybe that's something we could we could work on in the future. 
And then the Afro-Latino thing, yeah, I, I'd just like to see or or um, if somebody could confront John Leguizamo and Dasha Polanco and just, you know, put them, put their feet um, to the fire and have them like really speak their mind and, and explain themselves and, and, and ask them like, well, why, how do you completely ignore Afro Latinos being represented or why don't, don't you consider them as, as part of the Latino community? Because there was a person and something that both of you were in that won an award for his work on that said project and you basically dismissed him as as a latino by design or inadvertently but when you say like why isn't a latin when when are latin people getting a pie like a latino person won an award but you just feel that you're underrepresented because that latino person um for all intents and purposes looks like a black person but um, I want to wrap the show up with something we talked about on the last show with Donald Trump throwing out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium. It was revealed, and I shared it with Mike and Joel that like he wasn't um, really he wasn't invited at all. Like he made up the thing, and I guess like Randall Levine had offered to um, had offered to to let him throw out the first pitch like many many years ago. Kind of in the same way, like, you know. You, I don't want to say it. it I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it, but, like, my brother, like, met him a few well, years ago, and he was like, how you doing? This is my joint. He treated it like it was, like, a fucking, like, a bar. You know, he. he you talking about Randy Levine? Yeah, Randy Levine. He was like, eh, how you doing? Like, that whole type of thing where it was like, this is my joint. You know, very much like Trump, where he thinks. He owns everything, and he can do whatever the fuck he pleases, but he doesn't have that control of everything. Yeah. Yeah, so he kind of, like, um, he, he offered it in, like, the same way you tell somebody, like, yeah, you can come by anytime. You know, <laughs> like, you... you, you, you yeah, he said more fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, you, you, you don't really mean, like, you can come <laughs> back, you can come anytime. So, uh, Trump saw um, Dr. Fauci throwing out the first pitch, on opening day with the Nationals and the Yankees, and like he announced that he was throwing out the first pitch, and it wasn't even like true. So the Yankees dodged that bullet, but when it did come out, like nobody on the Yankees even like denied it. So you know, yeah. you still gotta you still gotta hold them responsible. You you still have to hold them responsible for that, but. This has been episode 13 of Shook Me The Mooney. Shook Me The Mooney is now on YouTube. Um, we're going to share that link. Yes. And we hope you guys subscribe and like and share um, it, when, it, it when, when you check out our YouTube channel. And I hope you share and like and, 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 and subscribe to this podcast, whether we're on Spotify or SoundCloud. And just as of this week, we're on Apple, Apple, Apple podcast. So if you have an iPhone, you could go into the podcast. You could subscribe to our show. 
And every time a new episode drops, like you could get a notification straight to your phone. And I actually set up, set up my mom's work phone because she always says, oh, like, I, I'm not, I don't know when your show like comes out. Da, 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 da. I don't know where to find it. So I set her up, got her subscribed. So as soon as this episode drops, she's going to get a notification on, on her phone and she, she can listen to to her baby boy talk uh, to Joel and Mike, <laughs> whatever she likes. So oh. we're on YouTube. Oh, Mike. Hey, speaking of which, I appreciate you guys letting me talk and as well as listen. You know, that's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> so YouTube. <laughs> yeah, man, you guys are the best. I had so much fun with you guys, you know. Likewise, man. YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music. Tell your friends, tell your family. We're everywhere now. Um, and hopefully this thing keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I think every show, we've been getting better and better at this. And it's, it's, a, it's a joy to listen to. I don't really get to listen to it like as a finished product. I usually listen to it as I'm editing. Mm. And that's, yeah. that, that's where I listen to it. I listened to a bunch of episodes in the last like week. Wow. Why aren't you listening? It's really good stuff. Wow, yeah, really that's, good stuff. That's the question I mean, right they're, they're like, wow. What? I'm like, I'm like, I said that. Wow, that's pretty cool. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, dead serious. Like, like, I thought I was gonna say something else, but I said this. Holy shit! You know? Yeah, man. So if if you're not listening, well, obviously, if you're not listening, you're not gonna hear this. But <laughs> why why wouldn't you listen? Is the question. And why won't you watch? Cause now we're on YouTube, so uh, that was the one thing like people used to bring up a lot in feedback. You know, they said like, if you, you know, why are you guys aren't on YouTube? Why are you not on YouTube? So Mike's gonna be putting out um our YouTube videos. Um, if you want me to flex? I'll flex. Like Jesus, <laughs> like, I'll flex. All right. Yes, I will. Yes. So this has been Shook Me the Mooney, episode thirteen. Episode 14 will be on the way as soon as we get. Um, I think we kind of had like one topic so far for the next show. But, you know, between now and then, we'll come up with some fun stuff. A lot of every, you know, even in this quarantine and um, COVID-19 world that we're living in, like stuff always happens. So there's always something to talk about on the show. So that, that's that's the fun part. Um, I'm going to right after this. Yeah, like, oh man, shit! Because we've been talking, a lot of shit could have been happening, like on Twitter, like in the last like three or four hours, and we wouldn't even know. So, this has been Shug Me the Mooney, Shug Me the Mooney, Shug Me the Mooney. <laughs>